conflict at a CEMAC summit in December of 2016. The African Union's only response to date has been to express concern about events and a call for dialogue to resolve the crisis. Negotiations between the government and civil society whose leaders are being tried on terrorism charges for calling for peaceful protests remain stalled. Africans Rising is recommending open, honest dialogue guided by an independent mediator. Cameroonians are calling for the African Union to assume its mandated responsibility by actively engaging the crisis to help finding lasting peaceful resolution that ensures the rights and freedoms of Cameroonian citizens and addresses the grievances at the root of the conflict. Africans Rising believes that this crisis and crises like these concerning rights groups impacts all Africans on the continent in many different ways. They would like to see an African civil society and solidarity networks take up the challenge to engage the situation in Cameroon in a spirit of unity, of purpose for the rights and prosperity of all Africans. Kumi Naidu is launch director of Africans Rising, an emerging movement of people and formations working for peace, justice, and dignity. Africans Rising officially launches on May 25th, 2017, Africa Liberation Day. Africa must unite. Repression of civil protest must end in Africa, but also in all over the world. As we have seen where it exists throughout uh, our news broadcast tonight. Uh, you guys, it's uh, my time's up here. It's my honor to be back with you again. I have missed you very, very much. Uh, Heterotopia is here. Heterotopia is back. Heterotopia is here to stay. As always, I want to leave you with final thoughts. Free the land, free all political prisoners, free your mind, and as always, all power to the people. I mean that. All power to the people, folks. All right? The power is in your hands. It is just up to you to seize, to seize it and to run with it. All right? It will not be granted by anyone. Stay tuned. Coming up here on Mutiny Radio, we have the Joke Workshop. This is this amazing thing that happens every Monday evening on Mutiny Radio where comics come and test their wares and you get to be on the ground level sometimes you hear the most hilarious shit for the first time other times you hear jokes in progress it's okay it's a learning process we're already inside my podcast so it's good and uh and it's happening and it's happening right now so uh stay tuned you will laugh your ass off all right one love i'll catch up with you next week Thank you for tuning in to Heterotopia and thank you for staying tuned to Mutiny Radio. Je dirais c'est difficile. Ne t'en va pas, je dirais. Ne me laisse pas seul, mon amour. Ne me laisse pas seul encore. Je dirais c'est difficile. Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative
lavender smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here. I'm giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. Every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. Welcome, it is Monday. It is time for the Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. Yay! You've gotten your world news. You know what's going on. God, please listen to Heterotopia so you know what's going on in the world. Everybody, don't be afraid to know what's going on in the world. Uh, I know it's really scary, but we can all do it together. Saving the world, one comedian at a time. We're going to do some new jokes. Hey, remember here on the Joke Workshop that if you're going to give somebody comments, please use a microphone. They are situated all around the MutinyRadio.fm studio and performance space. If you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, at least make the bread taste good. That means give them a nice, fluffy brioche bone of compliments. Put the shit in the middle, and then top it down on the bottom with a nice little crispy bun. And then that's how we're all going to get along here at the Joke Workshop. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're chilling out. Uh, Let's yell at the people to come in, because we don't want to give our first comedian no one to listen to his jokes we're gonna listen to some more bullets or balloons a great punk band out of portland and we'll be right back here on the joke workshop every monday on mutiny radio (laughs) 
right? Your first comedian is ready for your comments. He's excited to bring forth his new jokes. He's on some drugs we don't even know about. He's so excited right now. Yeah! Put your hands together, everybody, for Brady Hole. That's me. I wish I was on some drugs I didn't know about. I uh, just got my Netflix membership back. Uh, needed a, I just needed to chill. I, uh, I, it's more like my Netflix. You know what I'm talking about? Getting my Netflix on, you know? Squeeze the jokes. Here we go. Uh, I was... Uh, you know, getting emails from them. They're like, oh, we've got some Bates Motel Season 4 if you're interested. <laughs> I know you watched a few rape scenes from that. Just saying what's on it. You know, I was at Firestone yesterday getting paid to uh, watch my company vehicle get its oil changed. And uh, it's pretty dope. I noticed that old guys like to pay in exact change uh, a lot to the T. And uh, so the guy's like, oh, that'll be $24.24 for your oil change, sir. And he's like, all right. He has like, oh, I have a 20 and a five. But hold on, wait. And then uh, he gives him 20. And then he pulls out four, gives him 24. And then he has 25 cents. But he's like, wait, hold on. And he <laughs> pulls out two dimes and four cents. Uh, and I'm just like, wow, this guy really does not want to get change back from this guy. But the guy had taken the 25 initially, so he got change back. Uh, old guys, throwing that out there. Not necessarily a joke. You got... That's what we love here on the da on the joke workshop. You guys, you guys like to uh, smoke weed? Yay! Smoke weed every day. Yeah. I uh, I like to smoke weed and jerk off. I call that the old nug and tug. That's right. You know, put a little nug there and then tug there. But then you, know, you gotta be careful. You don't want to put your nug there and then tug there and then tug here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The old nug and tug can get carried away. I, uh, you know, I do dab too. You guys like to dab? You dabbing? You dabbing? I'd be dabbing so much. People think that I got a white kid named Dabbing in my back seat. Dabbin? Did you do your homework? Dabbin? Dabbin, you're falling asleep. Dabbin? Dabbin, you did really well on your report card. Go get your sister Heineken. We're having a party. I do like my dabs. I like my dabs like I like my pussy. Hot and pink. But then you got to let your dab cool down a little bit. But then if you let... Your pussy cool down, she'll be out the door. <laughs> All right, you guys, ready to hold. Um, I, um, I was, you know, I saw this woman with this uh, baby, and she was uh, speaking gibberish to the baby. You know, she was just like, 
And I was just like, lady, you shouldn't speak gibberish to your baby. It's just, it's going to grow up like an idiot. And she's like, you're the idiot. This baby's bilingual. Yeah, I'm Brady Holden. All right. So that's jokes. Watashiwa Brady Hold! Uh, I just said I am Brady Hold, so that doesn't make any sense at all. But I do think that I, your Japanese joke would be helped by maybe speaking actual Japanese. That is actual Japanese. It was? Yeah. Was it really? Okay, then that's awesome. Then fuck me. That's really funny. It's like, hi, hello, how are, you? how are you doing? And then you would say like your name at the end, like, Hodesu, Brady Desu. So maybe you didn't, it didn't seem like you actually knew what you were saying when you were speaking gibberish. So. I know, that's the genius behind it. Right, wait, wait, wait. But if, if there's a way to bring it in at the end so that we know that you actually, like if you give us the translation, like maybe, I don't know, maybe that gives it away, but. I guess. I, I, might, I might get it more. But it's a funny joke. I really like that one. People do speak stupid to babies. Go for it. No, you. So that uh, that uh, Japanese thing, that was the only good joke you had, first of all. <laughs> Honestly. The rest of that was fucking garbage. I respect Zach Wiseman. Um, he's honest. So like, uh, like before that Japanese joke, I was going to ask you if you care about anything at all. Because <laughs> that was all inane bullshit. Like, you have to have some kind of fucking idea about something except smoking weed. Smoking you know what I mean? Weed. And all your shit... I mean, like, okay, you wouldn't, you wouldn't suck if... You you had uh, like good topics to do act outs on, yeah. like if if the ideas behind you being a, a weird like fucking spastic motherfucker weren't shit, then it would be good. All right, that's it. Um, the Japanese joke. I I got that you were that you were speaking Japanese, so that that was a nice premise. But then I I think maybe you could draw it out a little bit. Ah, oh, fuck. I had a thought, but it... More punchline? What did you say? So, you say... Something you like, uh, I saw a baby, and a woman was speaking gibberish to it. She was like, And then I was like, hey, lady, you shouldn't speak gibberish to a baby. What if you say, what if you call it baby talk, and then oh, baby you talk. say something in Japanese, and and then it's like, because I dated a Japanese woman who's who spoke baby to me. I don't know. Never mind. That was stupid. No, I, I agree with you. He needs to preface it with some baby yeah. talk like some Yeah, and then do a little bit of Japanese. Talk too. But yeah, yeah. That I like that I think you have a good joke in in that. And the other stuff like when you're just talking about smoking weed and people are just like, Yeah, I smoke weed but there there has to be like a more of a story behind it. Yeah. Or something a little more yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I like uh, uh, people know people smoke weed. Do you yeah. smoke weed? Sure. Uh, okay, then what? You know what I mean? You Unless, smoke so much weed that you're wearing that weird jacket. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. I smoke so much weed, I think that I'm the reincarnated ghost of Michael Jackson's second son or something like that. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I, like, I, I'm not stalking it by saying this. You were on a podcast, right? On Kill Tony, right? Yeah. Okay, because they, they were here in San Francisco. You talked about how you live, you live in a car or something like yeah. that? And I, the first thing I thought of when you were on the stage was, how the fuck can a guy who lives in a car afford a leather jacket? Like, mm-hmm. those kind of stories, I think I, I would Absolutely. like to hear. Yeah. yeah. Substance. 
because he stole it from someone. <laughs> ben, Ben Lupinetti, what do you have to say? It's even better. <laughs> Star of the show, Ben Lupinetti. I think when you're asking people if they dab, you should uh, like point to somebody and be like, "You dab? Eh, eh? Do you dabble?" Ah! A little dabble, do ya? A little dabble, do ya? Uh, what is dabbing? Sorry. Oh, she's from <laughs> oh, Romania. She doesn't know anything. There's the cannabis flower, and then on it, there's these like crystals that get you high. So like everyone's burning the plant, but when you're dabbing, you're just taking those crystals and condensing them, and then you're just like poofing those into vapor. Don't do that. It's a concentrate. It's like a wax. You you dab waxes, or you dab. A, it's it's like crazier than hash. It's like mm. super hash that then you dab and it makes you high for like four hours. I think hours. you should have a joke where you keep telling people to like keep telling people dab it and they just think you have a cold and you're saying damn it. <laughs> dab it. Dab, dab it. it. Like dab you've it. got dab it. You He's like a little kid. Stuff. It's good for the little kid joke. It's actually really good for little kid joke because they talk like this like oh dab it my nose yeah. is so full of snot I can't do see, it. I see? dab it. Why aren't you writing this down? With that Japanese joke, I think if you just said like the full sentence you said when you were explaining it in the joke, then people would get it better. Because okay. currently, I mean, any, like it's pretty easy to make things sound Japanese. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, uh, you know what I mean? You can say like two or three of those and then people are just like, oh, he's doing an impression of a Japanese language. But if you say like a whole sentence, then people will understand that you that you are making fun of a person that speaks Japanese. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually speak a sentence. I like it. Okay. Thank you guys. Brady Hold, everyone. Oh, Brady Hold is very funny. He holds the pass every time. Just so you guys know, the Warriors are fucking murdering it right now. And Stephen Curry almost got in a fight, and it was really, really fun. But they're up like 57 to 36. So if I'm not paying attention, it's because I love the Warriors more than you. No offense. Uh, also, if anybody wants weed for sale, I have it tonight. Your next comedian, really cheap price. It's really good stuff. It's actually was grown by uh, Poji. It's called the Poji OG. And it makes you, it's funnier. It makes, it's epiphanous weed. I smoked it the other day and I understood slavery. Like that, it was like, it was epiphanous weed. And then I wrote a joke about it. So I'm telling you, this is, this is, a, it was a comedian putting his, his juice into the soil and it came up and now it is weed. And I believe in it. It's like, like water for chocolate, except it's weed and it comes from Poji and now he's in Missouri. So <laughs> soak it up, smoke it up, come get it for me and go warriors. Your next comedian, she's a very funny lady and I'm so glad every time she's here. Um, she's changed my wardrobe significantly and it's really beautiful and she's a beautiful human being. You're going to love her jokes right now. Florentina Tanase! That's why I look like a soccer mom now. I gave you all my beautiful clothes. (laughs) I know, they were so nice, but I was like, you know what? Pam deserves it. It was like a Cinderella story. They fit in everything. Uh, yeah, women are amazing. That's right. Um, did you guys? Are you guys sad because March is almost over and it was like International Women's Day? All right, you guys didn't know. Fuck you. Uh, it was. Uh, if you missed your chance on uh, c- celebrating women, don't worry. You have another chance in August for National Women's Day. It's the same day as National Dog Day. <laughs> Because America loves all the bitches. Um, 
Fun fact about women, we're really good at multitasking. Am I right? Okay. We are really good at multitasking. We're so good at multitasking that we can have sex and be disappointed at the same time. Um, It is very true. I was uh, (laughs) dating this guy and uh, he thought the G spot moved around. And I was like, who's moving during sex? I'm just doing the Patrick Star, right? Waiting for SpongeBob to do his thing. Like, no one's moving. Are we moving during sex? Nothing's moving, okay? You have like a clear target. You have one job. Um, But I love it. I love romantic music uh, while I'm fucking, uh, all right. Won't use slang with you guys. It's like that word dabbing. No one really knows what it means. so uh, the thing I like about love songs is that how they've progressed over the years. Like in the 60s or whatever, you had, I've had the time of my life. <laughs> That's how old, young I am. I don't, I, is that, was that the 60s? That was a long time ago. <laughs> and then in the 50s, you had the, you're the one that I want. da 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 and then now nowadays it's like I love bad bitches it's a fucking problem and yeah I like to fuck it's a fucking problem (laughs) love it I love love music during sex because it drowns out the guy saying is that good baby is it good is it good do this survey monkey thing real quick it's like what are we (laughs) fucking out do I need a password for this like I'm just trying to fuck. Um, I love that. I love that about guys. Another thing, you guys are, are awesome. I love when guys tell me that I'm really funny. I know, especially after t- I tell them, like, leave me the fuck alone. Stop stalking me. And they're like, girl, you funny. <laughs> Where you live? Uh, <laughs> that's like a stalker joke, like scary but fun. Um, I work at a hospital. Yeah, I'm in charge of people's lives. Okay, um, I, I love it. People ask me if it's like Grey's Anatomy. And I'm like, no, it, it's not like the ABC show Grey's Anatomy. First of all, we fuck way more in a real hospital. <laughs> okay, you know those doors that say do not enter? Yeah, someone's doing anal, just kidding. <laughs> never anal, never. Uh, never, ever. Uh, no, and in order for Grey's Anatomy to actually be like a real hospital, they would have to hire maybe mm, one Filipino actor. Aww. Just one, okay? Just have one person in the corner speaking Tagalog to themselves or whatever. Aww. Like, that's a hospital. Um, I think I had one more thing for you guys. Nope, that's it. Okay, bye. <laughs> Florentina Donate, really funny stuff today. Yay! I have a couple things. Um, set up the Patrick Star thing's really good, but and I didn't know where you were going until he said SpongeBob after. So I'd set it up before by like being like, he tries to stick his SpongeBob in my okay. Patrick Starfish. 
just to set up because if you don't say Spongebob first we don't know where the Patrick reference comes from but now that once you said it, I was like ah yes okay and then there's some there's some fact issues so I had the time of my life is actually from Dirty Dancing which came out in 1986 so it was a planned thing but then in 1978 is when Grease comes out so Grease is 1978 and Dirty Dancing is 1986 and then you do the Survey Monkey so why don't you throw in a monkey song Throw in a monkey song and then, because you're already timing back. You go 86, 78, and then 72, 60, you know, nine. That's monkey's time, right? So pick a monkey song, sing that. Something about like ambiguous sex. Yeah, David Jones. And, but ambiguous I'll sex. And then people later, okay. Yeah. And then and then you do some research and then come up with a survey monkey. And then the anal line is really cute, but I would go where they're doing anal dot 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 suppositories. Okay. Oh yeah. Because yeah. okay. you're in a hospital, oh, okay. so oh, right, right. they're doing a, they're sticking uh, they're sticking things people's up their butt or um not suppositories but when they look up your butt to look for polyps I don't know what that's uh, called they do a camera whatever and then off the Tagalog thing which I love speaking Tagalog and you can even go farther with the Filipinos like they're wrapping lumpia like in the waiting room or whatever what? lumpia um <laughs> the best thing that Filipinos make is lumpia everyone has everyone has a um a deep fried crispy cylindrical object and theirs is called a lumpia. And it's yeah. fucking delicious. So that's perfect with the yeah. But the Filipino thing, it's up because they're all nurses and they're amazing. Yeah. But if you have them like rapping, they're speaking Tagalog and, and rapping Lupia in the. Okay. It's fine. Okay, but it was really great stuff. Like, it's really great ideas you have right now. Yay! Yeah. Uh, not trying to start a fight or anything, but I like the do not enter anal sex thing. I, I, okay. I was into it. No pun intended. Probably. Um, <laughs> So yeah. I think overall, uh, solid set. I could okay, see doing it before like a comedy club crowd and it going over really well and uh, it being uh, significantly longer because of having to pause for laughter and, uh, at points. Um, I think uh, for your line, who's moving during sex? Who's moving during sex? Maybe just a little more pause before that. Okay. Um, just timing thing. Uh-huh. Um, and then... I'm in charge of people's lives. Uh, I thought you kind of rushed through that moment. I think you could have a little more fun with that because like, I feel like everyone's perception of comedians is they're irresponsible dirtbags and that that goes for you as well as everybody else. So, you know, you could be like, yeah, that's right. I'm in charge of people's lives. Okay. I am. Good stuff though, anybody else comments? Yeah, Zach, tell me, tell me, Good. give it to me straight. You liked it, yeah. see? <laughs> okay, thank you. And I mean, just in general, you're really personable on stage, you're, and not just because you're retardedly pretty, but like also <laughs> because you, like, you convey yourself well and all of that stuff, you're likable, and that's part of, like, one of the main things we all try to get over. Yay! Okay, thanks, Everybody, Florentina's and Asa, yay! Your next comedian is also very likable and super funny and a great photographer. So if you guys are looking for headshots to be done, you can book them with her and get them done here in the afternoon. She does such a wonderful job. Uh, she made me look pretty, almost like I didn't have wrinkles. Yay! Uh, but it has nothing to do with her comedy and she's super hilarious. You guys are going to love her. Katie Carnes. Do you really not move during sex? Really? I like to get mine. I'm just, it's me. I'm moving. Show me a move. Girl! I don't want to talk to her all the time. All right. Show us a move. Well, can you do this? Oh, 
Oh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> These pants do not. Uh, <laughs> that would have been amazing if I fell, though. That would have been just way better, right? <laughs> I can touch my toes. This isn't what I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm just saying it's women's month, and I like to get mine. I don't really like to celebrate women's day or month because it's women's days all of the time. Women are better than men. Sorry, just a little, little side note. Woo! He's like, no. Uh, oh, good. Oh, good. I wasn't listening, he says. Hey, um, I went to a bachelorette party. Woo! Anyone else uh, going bankrupt on their friend's happiness? <laughs> or mistakes. It's really more of mistakes, right? Um, it really makes you reevaluate your life going to these weekends with, of, with women. Um, I felt like by Sunday I really needed to like confess my sins to my feminist friends. You know what I mean? Like there was just like I, I wore short skirts, I became a woo girl. Woo! Woo! I did it. I don't that's not me, but I it just comes, it just happens. Woo! Sorry. Um still getting away from that. I uh there's a couple of traditions that you gotta kinda have with these bachelorette parties. One is finding that Airbnb plastered in dicks first. <laughs> First and foremost, you need, you need that. And if you can't find one or you can't rent one, one will be appointed to you. And uh, <laughs> don't you worry about it. Dicks are there. Um, I walked through a hotel with a giant inflatable penis. You had to blow it up with the, di- with the head. It was bad. I'm just saying I don't want to do this again. I've, I'm a feminist yeah. or something. I don't know. Um, Mm, 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 mm. What I didn't get about all these dicks being plastered everywhere is that marriage and sex don't really have anything to do with each other. Right? That's what I hear. I don't know. I've never been married. I I have been proposed to many a time. Yeah, many a time. Um, But my mom says don't talk to strangers. So so that doesn't really work out. Um, We did get a stripper. We, we did it. I was so excited. I was really nervous to order a male stripper, you know, call up like, one dude, please, you know. Um, I was really stoked on it. I've ordered plenty of women, but never a man, so I was really, really nervous about that. Um, but my expectations and reality were, were definitely on either side, you know, because what I expected was like, poof, you know, Channing Tatum, like, walking through the door, like, let's do this, you know, like, are you girls in trouble? Yeah, oh my God. Um, that's not what happened at all. That's not what happened at all. I got a knock on the door, and this guy walks in, very tan, coke belly, you know, not cute, not cute. He walks in with his sidekick or like dollar picker up, or I'm not quite sure. He was, uh, or bodyguard. I'm not quite sure. I don't know what ten women were gonna do to this this huge dude, but um, he walks in. And he's like, uh, "Do you guys have a BlackBerry charger?" And we're like, "Okay." You just brought, brought us right back to reality. And we paid you $200 for that. So, like, do something, you know? So he puts on his, like, rave lights in the room. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And uh, we all take a shot of tequila. Bad, bad, bad thoughts. Um, and he starts dancing. Whoo, yeah, gets the bride. And at some point, this girl, who I really don't like, because you're usually with a lot of people you don't get along with in these bachelorette parties. And she asks him, how big is your dick? <laughs> Perfect. How big is your dick? And I just felt wrong about that. I, I realized we paid $200 to see it, but 
I felt like he just, he's still human. Like he's still, he's going to go home and pay bills with this. Like don't objectify him, right? How big's your dick? Like I felt like the, her mentality was just like smoking a cigarette, like dance with me doll. You know, like that's not cute. That's just not cute. You know, she's going to like put her cigarette out on him. You know, like you're going to remember room 723. <laughs> I think that he had, because we didn't even get to see his dick, though. Like, w- did we get gypped? We got gypped, right? Fucking Reno, man. Fucking Reno. Um, okay, I think I did all the things that I wanted to. Uh, so, yeah, give it to me. Katie Garns! Katie Garns! We have a really good story with actual punchlines in it. Yay! Right? Finally. It was really, actually, it was really impressive. You were telling a story, but and it, it had a bunch of punchlines, like, don't talk to strangers. That was a good punchline. You put a bunch of them through the ordering women. I thought you could put an extra tag on there, like, because I'm a feminist. Right. Because you talk about, but you had, it was yeah, great. No, you, like you, you kept us all the way through with the story because you punched it up the whole way through. So I was like, tell that story all cool. the time. That's what was, I'm trying to do. It was really do. good. Yeah. No, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, the punchlines cool. you built in were really funny. The only question I have is, you said a Coke belly. Is that a Coca-Cola belly or a no, cocaine belly? No, that's definitely like, I uh, know it's definitely like cocaine. A, there's a, such a thing as a cocaine belly? Yeah. My dad had it. Um, it's, it's like a milk belly. So it's like that protruding sure. pregnant dude, but it's as hard as a fucking rock. Okay. It's like, doof, doof. you can't, my father. No, no, in a joke. Oh, uh, the stripper. Oh, my you father. Talk no, about I'm just kidding. How you <laughs> you your dad. What? You just talked about that, like, oh, I knew I liked the stripper, the, the cocaine belly reminds me of my dad. Oh, just, okay. just it was, it was something to go with. Just when you, you yeah. breezed on through Coke belly, and right. I was like, yeah. is that a Coca-Cola belly or a cocaine More belly? More description and I on him, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Okay, so, but really funny. Yeah. Cool. I like the Thanks. story. I like that it was, yeah, that, uh, like Pam said, like it was the whole story, and then you had jokes in between. Um, I, I think you should talk about, uh, and this. It's something that I think a lot of people can relate to. When you agree to go to a bachelorette party, you know, like, you're wasting so much money. <laughs> yeah. So talk about the progression of, like, okay, you know how uh, how much, like, let's say either, like, how much you love the bride or or how broke the the group is as a whole. Because by the time you spend money on the flight, on the hotel room, on the booze, the last thing that on you the spend, Pedialyte. well, on the, the last thing that you spend money on, <laughs> yeah. the last thing that you spend money on is a stripper. So you know if his ass is rolling in a wheelchair, like uh, you probably like something along the lines of like if you don't pay for a good stripper, like what's a shitty stripper looking like these days? You okay, know what I mean? all right, uh, yeah, no, good call. Yeah. Anyone else know like the top price for a stripper? Ben. Uh, I would say <laughs> top price. I mean, like a good price. Like, what's the Groupon price, and like, what's the good price? Uh, like three hundred. Yeah, like a gr- not just one person. Like if, you're, if you're expecting uh, the stripper to give like solid entertainment for yeah. a bachelorette party, I would expect to pay at least three hundred. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of surprised. All right, maybe we maybe we paid too little. I'm Is just it saying. really two hundred? Like, maybe you should talk about how like you know if I wanted to pay two hundred dollars for a dick, like I could have gone to the like instead of buying the stripper, oh, you guys just bought her a dildo and yeah, everyone no, was dancing like, around the dildo. Yeah, no, that's a good point. All right. Yeah. And at least she gets. To I like that. It. All right. Cool. Thank you. Katie right. Carnes. Seriously, guys, get your headshots done by her. I just posted one that she took of me today, and it's the new my new favorite picture of me. I have no wrinkles, and I look really skinny. She made my legs look really skinny. Uh, I'm really really happy with this picture. <laughs> I didn't know my legs looked that skinny in real life. That is, 
I am so happy now. Photography is amazing. My head looks big and my legs look small. Yay! And I didn't even smoke pot to make that happen. You're next. (laughs) Maybe she did. I don't know. She's a amazing photographer. Seriously, guys, book with her now. Uh, She takes pictures at Mutiny Radio during the day. And uh, if you don't get them done, you're a dummy. Your next comedian, and she charges way too little, so give her a big tip. Your next comedian is a hilarious guy, and uh, he is wanted by all the ladies. I almost feel like we should make up a name like LL Cool B, like ladies love cool Ben Lupinetti! Well, it sucks when you've been clapping more enthusiastically than everyone else, so when you come up to the mic, there's just like, Pam notices, but otherwise, fuck it. Uh, I also do photography, and as shockingly low as Katie Carnes' prices, I will undercut her. (laughs) You have no idea how little I value my time. That's a guarantee. Thank you all for coming out on this dreary, dreary month. We'll suffer more for it, but I guess that's the right decision to make. Jesus. Um, Something you'll frequently hear from parents is that they don't want their kids learning about sex from pornography. And to those parents, I say, bullshit, You're not going to teach your kids about fisting. Like the implication there is that they'll eventually get around to rim jobs. Like parents seem to think that at some point in the future, after they've gotten out of the mechanic, they've gotten through the mechanics of actual reproduction, like then they'll explain, you know, group sex maybe. These are all parts of human sexuality that... I don't know anybody else who wants to teach me about these things except pornography, right? Like, group sex is a thing that happens in real life, just as a for example. But who else talks about it? Psychologists, maybe, but probably their work isn't getting published because people are like, well, that that just sounds so pornographic. Like, who is going to find that respectable publication for an academic journal? Nobody. You know who does think that's worth your time? Pornhub and RedTube and Tube8 and uh, Uporn. And there are so many sites I could name. Last count, there's a porn site for every human being on Earth. What? Yeah. I mean, I just pulled that statistic out of my ass, but like, (laughs) you did believe it. The fact that that seemed plausible to somebody in this room tells you that there are a lot of people who want to engage in this subject matter, and none of them know you or care about you the way the people who probably taught you about how a sperm meets an ova cared about you. Those people wanted you to know where babies come from because they cared about you, and the people who will teach you everything beyond that have no relationship with you whatsoever except to maybe try to get a buck out of you. You get told that when a man loves a woman, 
he puts his penis in her vagina. But who is supposed to tell you that sometimes when a man loves a woman, he wants to put his penis inside her vagina, but what he wants even more than that is to watch a bunch of other guys from work put their penises in her vagina while he's forced to watch because that really gets him off. Yeah, probably. You ever watch cuckold porn? It's interesting. It's kind of a big fetish. There's kind of a lot of enthusiasm for people watching their partners get off with some other people. And you're never gonna learn about that in sex ed. You're never gonna have a conversation with your parents where they're like, hey, sometimes you wanna get your girl, watch your girlfriend get railed by the lacrosse team just cause I don't know, like it feels shameful, but also like your cheeks get all flush and you're like, ah, oh, my heart's racing and like I feel sick, but I also, I'm so hard, I'm so hard. <laughs> all purely hypothetical. <laughs> um, yeah. Porn is, that's where you go for all this information. That's the only encyclopedia on this shit. And uh, I think that's why you can't rule out porn in this crazy, mixed up world of ours. I welcome your input. Ben Lupinetti loves porn! I, I love my parents. I love my girlfriend. I like porn. I get a huge rush of dopamine uh, from porn. Like it, 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 dopamine is a chemical that makes you pay attention. It makes you watch longer. It makes you want to like it focuses your eye, your pupils dilate so you can get just get more in your brain. I don't love it. It's a drug. Uh, you don't. You can't love drugs. Pam, I have a note for you. I love. I love drugs. I can love drugs. I love drugs. Uh, a note for you, Pam. Yeah, uh, you yeah. mentioned earlier you smoked this uh, pot you mentioned, yeah. and uh, you were like, uh, you, you, you understood slavery. I finally understood slavery. What didn't you understand about slavery I, that you did after? Poo I Poo couldn't Poo understand before that how any human being could feel ownership over another human being, that they so were property, okay. until... I smoked that weed and then I thought about if I had a baby, it would be like a collage that I made out of old newspapers and Martha Stewart catalogs and then I would own it because I made it. And so therefore I could sell that piece of art or I could get an agent and I could use that piece of art for years and years. I could become a really cool dance mom and make lots of money off that art. What I'm saying is that when you make a baby, you feel like you own it because you made it. So I never understood slavery until that, because I've never understood like the concept of owning another human being. I just find that abhorrent. I'd just like to point out here that the ability to empathize with somebody else and understand how they feel does not mean that you feel the way that they feel. And I just think that's important for uh, uh, people who... Uh, no, you or don't. <laughs> just like, just, let's all just a keep side, that in mind. A little side note. Yeah. yeah. I can understand <laughs> wanting to punch somebody in the back of the head because they're blocking the aisle you're in at Whole Foods. Yes. Because 
fuck you. <laughs> but Is that a joke? You should tell that joke. That's very funny. Yeah, I was actually going to get to that tonight, but I got really hung up on um, porn, was it? Yeah, I think yeah, that's what I talked porn. about for four minutes. I, I had just a question. This question like came up when you Katie, talking- yes, you have a question. Yes, I do. Just a little bit of a, just a little bit of a question. Um, when you were talking about how are you going to find out about fisting yeah. if we don't have porn, mm-hmm. I just was like, well, how did we find out about fisting before porn. Ah. Well, chicken or the egg me. question. What? Because, I mean, you tell me because no one else has like presented themselves as a fisting advocate. Like, that's probably a chapter in the Kama Sutra, but where's the Kama Sutra? Like, there's no copies lying around. There's no, nobody's giving me that book. Nobody's saying, hey, Ben, you want to learn more about sex? You want to learn more about interesting things I'm gonna, about sex? I'm going to bring you Would my you... copy. Okay, see, that's, <laughs> but like, there, there's definitely. You know who got? Version. You know who beat you to the chase on this one? Porn. Mm. See, is what I'm saying. Like maybe you have things to tell your kids about fisting, but probably they've already fi- figured it out. I think I'd like to tell my children about fisting. Is what I just was wondering. You know. Oh, just, but just you're thinking. probably gonna chicken out. Like no offense, no judgment no, on you personally. No, I just think sure. that's just something that happens when you become. Mm. Well, mm. and I, you I, just you want them to be so precious. I think this Kama Sutra thing actually has a good line of thought in that the, before porn there was porn, before actual like the porn that we understand now there was porn. There was the Kama Sutra. They had pictures, and there was even Japanese like pictorial porn that existed in like the 16, 1700s. And I bet there were some cool Japanese because that's where I learned that Asian people have fing. Their pubic hair goes, doesn't curl, it goes fing and it sticks straight out. And I learned that from the Japanese pictures of pornography from the 15 and 1600s. They have this weird straight pubic hair that just comes, it's long and straight. I know that's weird to us people with the well, curly. It's not curly. That weird. A lot of my uh, pubes are straight, but a lot of them are curly too. I got a little uh, mix and match. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm saying is you can reference, you should actually go look at some weird Japanese pictorial porn Way from like the 15th I bet you find a fisting one and that would be a really interesting sex, like thing to explore but the see this is, the, this is the idea I'm getting at like I, I have no doubt that there like anything you'd see in modern porn is at, at, the, at the youngest probably like 2,000 years old sure like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like probably everything you can do with a human body has been done and not only has been done but has been recorded either in verbal or pictorial form that we've been doing that? it since the beginning statues yeah statues giving a 3D rendering of uh, sex acts sometimes or uh, positions or whatever but uh, you know Nobody's taking you to the museum where they've got the erotic statue exhibit and nobody, the tour guide isn't going like, so like the woman, what she does is she's on top of the guy, she's sort of squatting, but her face is turned away from her, back is to him. This is called reverse cowgirl nowadays. (laughs) The Greeks called it like ichthys or something. That sounds Okay, that's hilarious. That's very funny. Thank you. Um... (laughs) Like, that's the thing. It, it, it's, it's this knowledge that obviously people have wanted to know because it's obviously been discovered uh, before. And more than that, it's something they've wanted to share. It's a record they wanted to get down. It's a record they wanted to get down so bad that there are statues that have lasted thousands of years that, have, that tell us this information, that this information is not new, that it's something people have wanted to know. So why... 
Do we keep shrouding it in mystery? Why do we keep making it bootleg material? Why do we keep making it outlawed so that only the outlaws have this information and they're the only ones you can get it from? You know, if you got heroin from your parents, I bet you it would be the highest quality, most pure and free of other pollutants besides the heroin, uh, heroin you could possibly get because they would care about you even though they were letting you do heroin. <laughs> you get heroin from drug dealers who just want to sell you heroin and get your money because who knows what their motivations are for getting money, maybe getting through med school. I don't know. I don't want to pose judgments on heroin dealers. That's not what I'm here to do. But the point is that <laughs> this is information is a resource and it's something people want and it's something people need. And if you make it this outlawed taboo thing that I, I'm apparently not allowed to bring up at Thanksgiving dinner when the conversation gets too boring, you make it this thing that it's, it's, what does that sound? Sorry, that was just a really great pass from Curry to the basket, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go Warriors. Um, I, I just think it, isn't it, isn't it interesting that we have, we, we make this information that Fucking, I swear to God, everybody wants and needs uh, a criminal enterprise. Just so you know, fisting is gross and weird. <laughs> Unless you have a huge vagina. Unless you've had like four children. Hands. Like, but if you had, maybe if you've had four children, you're into fisting. But other than that, like, well, you can get your entire perfect. hand in my vagina. Like, what? Like, maybe if a baby's come out of there. I just, I think things are... That I've definitely taken shits that were bigger than my girlfriend's hands. Oh, I wow. tell you. I'm telling you. Okay, After all right, all right, fair enough. That's totally believable. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Matthew. Well, thank you, support. Ben Lupinetti. Everybody yeah, clap wildly for this uh, TED Talk. I appreciate your time. Yay, Ben Lupinetti I, and his TED Talk on fisting. Yay! know what you're going to get on Joke Workshop here at Mutiny Radio every Monday from 6 to 8, but you got a TED Talk on fisting and the importance of it. I feel like you should go back, you should put that through some software, you should voice to text that, and you should put it out for college, and we should talk about the freedom of information and fisting, and I'm sure there will be a feminist class that will love the fuck out of you. Just like your next comedian, feminists love the fuck out of this guy. That is a lie. No, that is, I'm sure they do. I, I'm sure we could find, I'm sure if we pulled 10 feminists, at least two of them would be like, yeah, I like Zach Wiseman. Hey, everybody, it's Zach Wiseman! People fucking love me. Oh, man. Um... I think it's funny when you hear uh, just anybody talk about anybody who's not them and be like they're fucking very insecure. Those, those that group of people very insecure. Men are very insecure. Women they're so insecure. Look at all that makeup. Men are look at how insecure. Uh, but humanity as a whole is so fucking insecure that there's not a single uh, group of people who didn't come up with like some kind of way they were created. You know, <laughs> nobody was like, oh, why are we here? And I go, wow, I don't know, cause. I'm like, ah, sure, yeah, okay, good enough. They all had to be uh, made by something. <laughs> it's like, well, we couldn't have done this ourselves, right? Fuck no. I know you, you know me. There's no way we're capable of this. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I'm of the opinion that Donald Trump is art. 
and I got into this argument with somebody, and they're like, well, who created art? Do you believe in God? And I was like, all right, you got me. <laughs> but then, actually, who created art? Who created Donald Trump? Uh, we did. Everybody, <laughs> Donald Trump is communal art. We're just making really bad art, making the worst shit. Everybody allowed him to happen. You know what I mean? Like, if, if somebody in here goes out and shoots somebody, they killed somebody. But if, you, if somebody out here went and shot 10,000 people, at some point, a lot of people allowed them to shoot 10,000 people. You know what I mean? That's my point. This guy's got such a small dick. This guy, his dick's so small that when his mom was giving birth to him, she was like, is it out yet? <laughs> I had to pick somebody. <laughs> God damn it. I was laying in my bed the other day, uh, detoxing from heroin, right? And uh, I don't really detox. Actually, one of my favorite points in life is when I'm coming down off drugs. It's so peaceful. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, so I'm laying in this bed feeling fine. And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, uh, yeah, and Zach, I wonder if the secret's real. Right? I'm just thinking of that. I'm just like, man, I wonder if the secret's real. Uh, and then later, this dude came up to me and he's like, hey, Zach, you ever wonder if the secret's real? <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> that is the perfect amount of information <laughs> to keep this crazy thought of rolling. And I don't know if the secret's real. I mean, that's, uh, I think it's untestable, honestly, because the secret is like the focus uh, of your mind on uh, like a thing that's achievable or a thing that you will get. And people don't know what they're thinking about. You know what I mean? People will be like, license plate, license plate, wife, flaw my fingers, you know? And that fucking happens every day in factories across America. People don't, you don't know what you're focusing on. Like the, like the power of prayer thing, right? Say Tom's in the hospital. Oh, Tom's in the hospital. Let's all pray for Tom to get better. And some people are like, in their head, visualizing Tom will get better. But most people are sitting around like, fucking Tom's dying. Oh, don't let Tom die. Oh, he's fucking dying. Oh, goddamn. You know, they're actually thinking about Tom dying, and then Tom dies. Because everybody's thinking about it. Everybody's thinking about Tom dying. <laughs> uh, nobody's thinking about Tom getting better. Can't think of it. It's untestable. I don't know if the secret's real, but at one point I was eating, uh, I had Bisquick. Uh, I had a big box of Bisquick to last me like two and a half weeks until I could afford any kind of food. Uh, no, no butter, sugar. I had water. I did have water. So I was making pancakes, just dry pancakes, and I was eating those for like two and a half weeks. Um, but one night I was at a bus stop. And this bum tapped me on the shoulder. He just tapped me on the shoulder. And he's like, do you want this? And then he just handed me a bottle of maple syrup. <laughs> it's the only thing he, he didn't, there was no preface to anything. He just tapped me on the shoulder and handed me maple syrup. And I don't know if the secret's real, but God damn it, that was great. Very, I, uh, I made like three and a half pancakes with that syrup because I really like syrup, you know? <laughs> You gotta make it, it's like a, like a porridge at some point, you know? Just pan, pancakes and syrup.
I was trying. I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to uh, look up uh, things on how to scam people. YouTube videos on why people buy things, the psychology of buying things, uh, what what you know springboards somebody into acting with their money on things, uh, and I couldn't find shit. Right, and then I just looked up uh, some uh, advertising textbooks. <laughs> it's all there, man. People have been trying for thousands of years uh, through art and whatever to like figure out how to capture people's eyes. All it took was fucking 50 years of selling shit. We're like, no, you look at three, these three colors, you will buy a sandwich. That is, all right, I'm leaving. Zach Wiseman, I gave you extra time because you're so funny. I'm like, I don't know what to say about him. He's a funny guy. Um, I've also been thinking if the secret is real and you just convinced me, I just want to let you know. I apologize. Thanks a lot. Hey, uh, what's up? No one could show up with butter. Where was that bum with butter? I mean, I know, piece of shit. Was, yeah, the the stray cats probably licked it all. And by the way, I showed you my penis in privacy. You weren't supposed to. <laughs> Sorry. I think you have a wonderful gift for the right level of antagonism uh, and of knowing what you can say to get under the crowd's skin. And a line like, uh, what was it? Hang on. Notes. Uh, the fucking Donald Trump is art. Um, I think that's a great, like, short way to kind of immediately uh, get a laugh and kind of establish what you're doing and get under the crowd's skin. It's a good thesis statement. Be, yeah, it would be a good thing to open with, I think. Uh, just something about. I think that you should make reference to how you're now that you're wearing ties as belts that you're trying to size them to your dick size so that nope, like the no <laughs> so when you've got like the tag hanging down low you're like trying to do some no okay <laughs> Zach Wiseman <laughs> yay all right your next comedian, I don't know if he's related to Trish Pandia, but it would be it would be ridiculous for me to think that all people with the last name of Pandia are all related. Uh, but he, she is a funny person, and he is going to be funny as well. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Raul Pandia! I'm pretty sure we're not related. <laughs> you guys doing okay? Drake dropped an album on Saturday. It's like a it's like a big deal. Drake. Drake. Yeah. You guys clearly didn't listen. Pam, did you listen? To what? New Drake album. Oh, came no, out I don't care about those Canadians. See, this is like a big deal. It bugs me that nobody in San Francisco gives a shit about this. Like, he is arguably the biggest musician in the world, and I'm not even kidding. Like, up there with Rihanna, Beyonce, Taylor. Statistically, culturally, everything. Man, it's just nobody fucking cares, man. Drake's been hugely successful for like nine years, but the last three years especially so, uh, he's like gained a level of international renown that I didn't think was ever attainable, but he's done it doing music that's like super aggressive and like tough and like kind of dark and like paranoid, but then the other half of his music sounds like it would belong in a commercial for the Sandals Resort in Jamaica. This shit is fire though, I can't lie. I think some of the reason for his success is that like his music is kind of like horoscopes in a sense that like 
to the person listening, it feels very specific to their experience, but it could apply to any and all humans that ever existed. Like he's got a line on this joint that's like, uh, my side chick got a 5S with a screen cracked. And I guarantee you there's a million people listening to that right now that's like, oh my God, I know a girl whose phone screen is cracked. This is unbelievable. I'm gonna make this my own Instagram caption. His music is so motivational to me. But like he makes me wanna flex responsibly. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like I feel like when I listen to his music, if you give me a million dollars, I wouldn't just spend it on like a house and cars and shit like that. I would like pay off all my debts and then like figure out like a smart investment strategy and then like take care of my parents and then we finna go to the Versace store. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Don't know what I mean. Do you know who Drake is? You guys are hurting my heart right now. Like it doesn't even. I feel like I need to come to terms with the fact that I think I'm bothered more by the Power Rangers reboot than by Trump's presidency. Not because I don't want it to be rebooted, but like, have you seen the trailer? Like Power Rangers don't have powers. What the fuck? Like did he just rewrite the whole script? And like even fucking the Zordon and shit is like, not even like square it's like all fluid and everything oh my god drives me crazy i think the greatest thing beyonce ever did was stop acting oh she was good at austin powers was she yes <laughs> Brown, bitch. i love how conservative politicians talk about isis because uh I get it. I get why they don't like them. They're like a terrorist group. They do bad things and everything. But the way they talk about them is always like, you know, ISIS hates us. They hate our country. They hate our people. They hate our freedom. It's like, man, what if they just like murdering people? You know what I mean? Don't get why that wasn't one of the options. Pam, you got like a skincare routine? No. I was talking to a friend of mine. She was like, she was telling me to like get into that. Like not just me, but like all men. Cause like, that's why women do it. Cause it's like dope and shit. And uh, like, I didn't, I didn't even know that that was like a thing that you could do. I told her I bought moisturizer from a grocery store and she looked at me like I might as well be homeless. Like I didn't know that was a, a thing. But I like, I went to a store. I went to a store that sells luxury skincare products. And there's a woman there that was helping me out. She brought me to a sink. And she like poured the product in her hand and she like grabbed my hands and she started like rubbing the product onto my hand to demonstrate the product. And that was the most intimate thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> like she was like looking into my eyes and massaging between my fingers. Like I was ready to have kids with her. Like, I don't know how. She's like asking me where I live and shit. I was like, wow, are we there already? This is fucking, I don't think I'd ever pay for sex, but I'm pretty sure I'd go bankrupt doing that as a service. That's unbelievable. And then she rang me, she like suggested two shit, two things for me to buy and she rang it up and it cost $150. No. <laughs> and I bought it cause she was pretty, whatever. I don't fucking care. <laughs> now I'm on like YouTube looking at skincare tutorials and shit. I'm like stressed cause my birthday is coming up. I gotta figure out what free sample I want for Sephora and everything. <laughs> All right, I'm done, thank you. <laughs> Raul Pena getting some sort of skincare regimen today, yay! Um, so I would definitely mention that Drake 
I mean, I liked him better when he was in the wheelchair in Degrassi. It's just a fun thing to mention, the Degrassi thing. I mean, just for people who don't, maybe who know who Drake is, they'll remember that he was the wheelchair guy in Degrassi. Right, but I feel like they should know that he is arguably the biggest musician in the world. The, the, the fact sh- that he had a job on a TV show 15 years ago. They should not I know, but he was the guy who got Sean, he was in the wheelchair. Uh, and then... I um, that show. I, I enjoy um, your hashtag millennial problems, and I'd like you to maybe hashtag them and talk about them in order like hashtag millennial problems a power range problem for me i'm like really this is a they just seem like hashtag millennial problems okay. that are really big for you like the drake issue like why don't you guys know who drake is yeah. hashtag millennial problems sure. like you don't like the new power rangers movie hashtag so etc but it was very it's funny stuff you're really personable and i wanted to listen to everything you were saying so awesome thank you ben Ben is saying, look, Ben's breathing. Look, look how Ben's breathing. He wants to say something. <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot of comics come through here. <laughs> a lot of dreamers. And you, Raul, was it? Yeah. Raul? Raul. Raul? Yes. Raul. You got the goods. <laughs> End of comments. Thank you. Yay, Raul Bendia! Yay! He's got the goods. Even if he doesn't have taste in music, that's okay. Your next comedian is gonna make you laugh. Stick around, give comments for Chris Volker! But when will it all stop? The eyeball is a good place to almost get hit by something. Because you can see it coming, you know? Um, You guys know that saying, word to the wise? If the person you're offering advice to is so wise, why the fuck do you even have to say anything to him? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Also, the saying, uh, rearing to go, I don't know where that originated, but whenever I hear that, I see someone in my mind that's so anxious to get going that their butt shakes a little. Another saying that I think is whack is uh, practice makes perfect. You know, practice makes perfect. Well, if you practice something and you do that something incorrectly, you're going to end up doing it incorrectly. And that's pretty fucking far from perfect, right? Yeah. Uh, My first two comedic influences were Bill Cosby and Robin Williams. I hadn't seen their stand-up, but, you know, I watched Mork and Mindy and The Cosby Show. I didn't actually learn what stand-up comedy was until I was eight years old. My sister and my cousin, they were 12, and they were watching Margaret Cho do stand-up on TV. And I walk in the room, I'm like, what's this? They're like... It's Margaret Cho. And I was like, yeah, but what's going on here? What is she doing? They're like, this is stand-up comedy. I was like, what? That's a job? That's what I thought Little League was good for, man. Because when we're up to bat, I would be telling jokes to my teammates in the dugout. 
Anyway, that same week I learned another game changer. My cousin taught me about masturbating. Although I, he didn't call it that, he called it jacking off. And so, you know, I had to try this out and I thought it was great because I've been getting boners every day of my life and now I finally knew what to do with it. So uh, I, I would masturbate every night from the age of eight to 12 because I don't know if you guys know this, but when you're eight, nine, 10, 11, you don't really have the equipment to climax, you know, or to finish. So I would do it and then I would like start shaking. My body would start convulsing and then I would pass out. So when I finally was able to come, I was just like, yeah, I'm a man now. <laughs> and uh, I think it did a number on me because after that, I, I was just like, I don't want to do that. Like, it feels beneath me, you know? I think masturbating is childish because I spent my pre-adolescence jerking off without the payload. <laughs> That's it, thank you. You don't understand. Chris Bulgar has no payload as a child, but now it's rampant, I'm sure. Yay. Masturbation jokes. I, no, stay up there. People give you comments and stuff. It looks like Ben Lupinity has some things to say about masturbation. He knows a lot about it, I think. Uh, had a few good uh, one-liners at the beginning. Um, the one about, so there's the, the, the line about the rear end to go. Rear end to go, yeah. Like, is the joke that you're, you're getting the expression wrong, or, you know, it's rare end to go, right? Yeah, the, the expression is actually like raring to go, like R-A-R-E, like vroom, vroom, raring to go. I, I thought it was rearing because it was from horses that they were all like rearing. The funny part is... Rearing, raring, yeah. I've, I've only ever seen it spelled as raring to go, R-A-R-I-N. Right. Well, I was just going to say, like, um, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure... People either know that expression as rare and to go or rear and to go. I always heard it as air and to go. Like, yeah, let's see, let's like, air, like take off our clothes, air out. You know, air and to go. Nope, so it's rare and. It's rare and. It's got the R. Um, that's yeah, Aaron so go bra. Aaron go bra. Aaron go bra. No, it's like hair and to go. Hair and to go. You let your hair down. Heroin to go because you can't do that shit here. You got to take it home. Baron. Um. Also, uh, Marin to go. It's a podcast. It's you actually it's Aaron it Barrett to go. It's actually drummer comedian Aaron Barrett to go. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we're making fun of you guys. Um, <laughs> the jokes in the you, you, something about you were telling jokes in the dugout to your mm -hmm. friends. Um, no, to my teammates in Little League. Right. Um, is that a real thing? Did you actually? Yeah, 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 for real. That's cool. That's, that's like kind of a sweet image. Um, I don't remember you getting like any. Punchlines out of that. But oh! I, I do want to hear a little more about that, baby, because that's kind of a cool character thing, and I think people are kind of interested in like comedic roots. And, and your dumb kid jokes, like yeah. knock knock, who's there? Chris mm -hmm. is on second. Chris will never get to second base. I mean, I don't know what kind of jokes kids yeah, tell, but. Dirty yeah. jokes. Like, Dirty jokes because they have like shock value and when you're eight years old, it's like... Wait, like yeah. you could even sing the song when you slide into first and you feel something burst, diarrhea. <laughs> Do you remember so that old. one? That was yeah. a good yeah. one. 
pitcher's got a big butt. Yeah, uh, yeah. You should tell some of those childhood jokes and sort right, of like exactly. fill out the okay. scene, like say some of the things. Tell some mm-hmm. of the jokes. I recently went to the dentist, um, and I saw this kid, and he was hella bored. So I walked up to him and told him a bunch of jokes. And I've been telling that story on stage, and it allows me to tell like at least one of those jokes. It's uh, what's the difference between a cat and a comma? The cat has claws at the end of its paws, and a comma is a pause at the end of a claw. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so you just get to throw that one in there. Yeah, really yeah, fast. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, that's really good advice. Thank you. Yeah, with the kitchen. That's one other thing I was going to tell one little short story. <laughs> I, you guys know who CKY is? Yeah. Camp Kill Yourself. It's Bam Margera's little brother's Bam, band. Bam. Yeah, so I was at one of their shows, and it was being promoted by uh, Skinny Magazine. Skinny is in like. The 411, you know, what's yes. going on. Oh, you get this cool. skinny, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there with my girlfriend, and uh, I hear this girl behind me go, I fucking hate Skinny Magazine. And then her friend sitting next to her is like, yeah, me too. And I look at my girlfriend, I was like, what do you want to bet? These chicks are fat. <gasps> she was all, don't turn around, don't look at them. And I started turning like 90 degrees and move my eyeball and I just started laughing hella hard because they were both obese you know what's to make that joke funnier but it's still funny because it's real but say um, what do you bet these girls behind us have diabetes type 2 <laughs> yeah right exactly have type 2 diabetes <laughs> because then it's not necessarily that they're yeah. fat it's that they're yeah, sick that, yeah I wanted to be like <laughs> yeah just illustrate that through a Whatever else. Okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah. brilliant. Thank that you. Com- that's good comedy stuff yeah. in general. Because I shouldn't say, oh, they're Yeah, never chick. say the thing, but say so. Yeah, exactly. Because okay, you want to misdirect. Because you want to say, yeah, yeah. she was going to call these girls fat bitches. And I'm like, no, they got type 2 diabetes. That, Come on, let's take that, care of their health. I'm worried about them that for the story, future. That story I have about going to the dentist, um, it's a little long, but uh, this tall, blonde, white lady walks in with a little black kid. And usually I'll check out who's in the room because if there's like, uh, if it's all white people, then I totally will just let that one out, you know? But sometimes I'm just like, I don't know, should I say that? It's hard to know what's PC because it's always changing. Don't, you know? don't worry about PC. And if you're in a room full of white people, you should fart because uh, <laughs> they won't look at you twice. They'll all look at each other. Any other comments for Chris Volker? Were we good? That was a really funny set. Good stuff. Thank you. Here we go, Chris. Yay! <laughs> He's got ideas. Things are good. Uh, we have two more comedians left here in the joke workshop, so you hope you stick around. Um, the next one is a comedian, and the one after that is me. So please stick around for me because I have two new jokes, and I kind of want to try them out in front of people. That would be nice. But your next comedian, he's a really cool dude, and we need to have you back on the dating game as a thing and do something because, man, we need to... We need to bring some chicks your way. You're a cool dude. And, and we got to roller skate off into the wilderness, like holding hands. And maybe you could make some roller skates out of like big fatty wheels so you could actually roller skate in the wilderness. You know, that'd be cool. Uh, he's a really funny guy. You guys are going to love his gingerness. Everybody clap your hands wildly for Matthew Quirk. Yes, Pam, could you comedians get working on my fucking pussy arrangements here, please? Could you... Although, I got to warn you, if you put me up here for the dating game, you're not going to get 21 female comedians to vie for my attention. I'm sorry to bring it all down like that. I know. Thank you, Ben. Ben the Loop. Great to see you, buddy. 
I'm glad you remember my name. He was like the first one to fucking step on one of my jokes when I was up here on stage. And my, my limited degree, he, he killed it. It was good, it was good work, man. So anyway, I'm, I'm sorry that guy isn't here anymore. i tell you why I don't give a fuck about Drake anymore. And it's not just that he's a Canadian. A fucking Canuck. But I am just too ass deep in this new TV show that's been on lately. It's this spinoff show. It's called... Celebrity Apprentice, The Presidency. I am hooked into that show. It is realer than real. And I mean, talk about art, man. This guy is art. He's like Velveeta cheese come to fucking life like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man or something. If a corporation became a person, it would be Donald Trump. And when I look at him, I don't see him really as like failed actor or whatever else you want to say. He's more like this Borscht Belt comic that has risen to power through his TV persona. He is like art. He's not just imitating life. He's fucking affecting life, taking life, changing life, making life. He is life. He's like performance art to the max. I mean, imagine if Andy Kaufman became president, right? I mean, that's what happened here. And you see the guy up there. I mean, he's got his zingers and his comebacks. You know, he's got some, he can just spoof it on stage. And he's got his, you know, prepared remarks, like the bits he's going to work on. But every once in a while, you see him, and I see him too. He's up there just working out material, you know? He'll be up there like, oh, yeah, this is bad. Oh, yeah, bad, bad. It's bad, I tell you. Like, he realizes the crowd loves it, so he, so he doubles down on it. I mean, as comedians we should have a lot more respect for that guy i mean it gives us all hope that idea that any one of our asses could be president has just become so much more real right it doesn't matter if we say pussy jokes or drop an n-bomb once in a while on stage we can still be president right trump's a shining example of that especially if you come become some like boorish tv personality that's what people love that's what they really love and the games he's playing on this show, man, he's like, he's like the culmination of all TV shows. You heard of the game uh, F. Mary Kill, right? Fuck, Mary Kill. I mean, him and Putin are going through this fuck, Mary Kill bromance already that is just sweeping me off my feet. I mean, who are they going to fuck? Who are they going to kill? Are they going to get married? You know? But they've even spun off, Trump spun off to this new game, Frack Merger Kill. Oh, it's great. Who's going to get to our resources first? Is it going to be Exxon or Exxon? You know, as Trump lines up all his oligarchy buddies to fucking just chew up the rest of our resources before he sells the remaining parts of us to China, right? And then we start making those cheap iPhones. Those are the manufacturing jobs coming back. And his war on drugs, thank God. He's bringing the 80s back so hard. 2017 is going to be fucking, it's going it's to rock. And I mean sweet crack rock. <laughs> he's going back after weed to help fight the heroin problem. But you know what he's not going after? Heroin. He's not going after Pfizer. He's not going after Oxy. Going after marijuana, just like the 80s. It'll be great. And he's back on meth, right? We're all back on meth from this. Kellyanne Conway is the ultimate spokesperson for that drug. Whenever I hear a name like Jalandraquan or Shalandraquay, that's a black name. 
But I hear a name like Kellyanne, like Kellyanne Conway. That's a meth name. Yeah, it is. Methamphetamine girl, man. She got the hair of a meth head. She got the skin of a meth head. She talked like a meth head. She got good teeth, though. She does not have the teeth of a meth head. Keeping it real. But yeah, she's come with this whole fucking super meth paranoia about how Trump was using microwaves to spy on the administration and not like some ray gun from the future, like the microwave box in your kitchen is being used to spy on us. I told you she was a meth head, man. That's proof positive right there. That quote right there, using microwave ovens to spy on me, we've all heard some dude say that to a fucking lamppost right here in the mission. It's a great equalizer we all have. All right, that was my horn. That was pretty much my minute. Matthew Quirk! Your best, your best line in there is methamphetamine girl. Metaf- crystal methamphetamine girl? Yeah, crystal methamphetamine girl. That is a very, very, very funny and amazing line. And if people don't laugh for that, they're assholes. It's really funny. Thanks. That whole section. Your political, I love your political stuff. It's really true. I think you just have to watch out because, I mean, here in the bubble of liberal stuff where we love the smell of our own farts it's like a liberal circle jerk so we're kind of just it's hard because i mean would the would these jokes kill in fresno maybe but it's or sacramento probably i think the meth stuff would yeah absolutely but no it's funny stuff i'm just saying that the reason that we're probably not laughing is we're like yeah it's true (laughs) whereas if you went to like san diego with these jokes or or like Orange County or Nevada. I feel like if you went kind of, it's, it's going to be hard to test these Get jokes because the they are very funny, but we're all like, oh, we're liberal circle jerking, pull my liberal dick and we're all having a good time. But they are really funny. So don't, don't let our apathy because we're like, blah, 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 they're going to be political. Don't let that affect you because they are funny jokes. Trump sucks. I hate Trump. This is an awful person. Like that, you gotta be like, you gotta really like fucking Trojan horse us with the Trump material. Like, dig deep for shit that's really unexpected and not just along the lines of. Because I think kind of along the lines of what Pam was saying, like, was uh, we're in this bubble right now where if you bag on Trump, you can definitely expect people to at least agree with the viewpoint. But like that's a viewpoint that in this bubble we have and have had for a long time and it's not getting us anywhere and I think like the real art is to find a way to conquer that feeling of despair and rejection of this status quo that is so awful and scary and to find a way to embrace it by making it funny like I don't mean to I I don't want to tell you to be just like somebody else but when Zach earlier is like Donald Trump is art like that's a viewpoint where or like you were saying he's working out material right yeah yeah you, you started doing that you, you actually did start doing this you yeah that's like a good bit that's a good material. bit I like that a lot I think that's a, a really good uh, thread to keep tugging you kind of left off with that early 
But I think that's exactly the sort of thing that defies expectations of what people expect to hear and can kind of get you at um, surprising people. And I think that's the essence of getting laughs, is say something that surprises us. Take us down a road we did not expect and then spring the trap on us. Yeah. That's kind of a... a, a like with the, with the working out bits thing, um, like Muslim ban is not a Muslim ban. That's like how you work out jokes is like, you'll be like, say something, you're like, wait, that's not, no, that's not what I'm, eh, yeah. right? You know what I mean? It's just like so fucking incoherent that you're like, wow, well, God, yeah, ah. it's in there somewhere. Yeah. I need a, yeah. He tripped on the punchline on that one. <laughs> say, um, like, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, talking shit about the way Kellyanne Conway looks and like, I, I feel like any kind of body shaming, look shaming, you risk losing the audience. Not saying don't do it, but just saying like, be aware of that. Um, and also, I've heard a lot of that. Like, again, kind of like uh, what we've been saying before, I feel like you get more of a response if you went at it from the angle of, hey, Kellyanne's kind of pretty. But then again, I like methods, but like, she's hot. I don't know, something like that. I don't, I don't feel like body shame too hard on her. I'm not calling her ugly or whatever. Yeah, I'm just, no, you I'm, know, it's the meth line that, I know I'm, I'm certainly getting close to it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just, just, just saying someone looks like they use a meth. Yeah. If they don't use meth, it's pretty insulting. You know what I mean? I mean, it's based on a budget. It's based on shit that's in their head, right? But still. But she also, but I bring it back to that she, she doesn't just, I think she does use meth. I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, I think when you say that, everyone kind of falls in line. Like, it makes more sense how, why she talks about, so much. like, uh, people say Kellyanne Conway looks like she does meth. I, I don't think that's true. I think she does do meth. But for, yeah, yeah, that's, that's solid. But for her ideas, for her thoughts. And, yeah, and also if you yeah, drop if you drop some president like some evidence of like her ideas and why you would think she would do meth through those ideas, and then be like, and her teeth. That's funny because that you've already established that you're not just basing it on physical appearance, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but meth jokes are always funny, and Thanks, that whole sir. thing, the methamphetamine no, no, girl. The methamphetamine girl is really it's really Your favorite line. It's yeah. really funny line. It's really clever. I like wordplay. That'll play in Poughkeepsie. That'll be, that'll be. <laughs> Clap wild, everyone. Matthew Quirk. All right, Jonathan's going to take over the board because I have some new jokes. Yay! Yay! So I have a weird obsession that a lot of people don't know about. I love the show Hoarders. It's one of the things I love to do at night. I like to feel better about myself because I actually clean my cat box, you know, every day. Anyways, uh, I'm freaking out about Americans right now because we're assholes. We have diseases that are created because of excess. So when I started watching Hoarders the first year in the first season, there were two million people that have this thing called hoarding because they just can't get rid of their shit. They just have too much shit and they can't get rid of it. And they have these mental problems with too much stuff and they have to keep it all around them. Woo! And then... In season six, there were nine million people with the obsessive compulsive hoarding thing. And now, in season seven, there's 16 million people in America that are trapped by their fucking excess and their shit. And I hate them. I hate America. Why? 
because we have diseases because we have too much shit. There's none of this in Africa. There's no hoarders in Africa. They take paper cups and then they make them into more paper and then they write poems on them in some language. Or the lady in the Syrian refugee camps, she takes the plastic bags and then she cuts them into small strips and she knits them into bags because they don't have excess and they work with what they have. And we're assholes. We have diseases called hoarderism. We have to, eh, I'm too fat. Okay, so here's the other thing. Oh, we have too much food. Oh, you're obese. Oh, we have type 2 diabetes. You fucking assholes. Oh, we're too fat. 30% of our population has disease because they can't stop eating because we have so much excess. And no one else in the world is like, fuck you guys. I am excited for the new diseases that are coming, right? There's going to be this new one where the little kids, they start getting these really big eyes, like those keen paintings from the 60s, right? These huge eyes. Everyone goes, look how pretty they are until their eyeballs fall out because they're looking at their screens too close. Stop giving 10-year-olds iPhones, you assholes. They're going to die. Okay, and here's the other new disease that's coming. It's going to be great, and all this touchscreen technology is awesome until your fingers start falling off, till you get the cancer in the finger, and then you're like using a knuckle like on your touchscreen technology, and then you have no fingers. And then it's like, then you turn into a real cat because you have a paw, because you have no fingers, because you're like using this weird thing, and you're like, nothing's wrong with me. I'm a fat fuck, and I have too much. I can't get out of my house. My eyes are falling out, and I have no fingers. All right, so uh, I love, I hate America, because... Right now I'm like, oh, abortion's awesome, yay. But I've had friends that have like, um, I don't know, I have a friend with cancer right now and it sucks. And I told her the other day, I said, I am willing to have some cells with my boyfriend. I'm willing to take out my IUDs, put his dick in there, put some cells in there so that we can take them out and give them to you so you don't die of cancer. Like this is what I am willing to do. No, and, every, and the Christians are like, you're a Satanist. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Cells. I don't know. It's, prog- it's a progressive thought. I don't think it's fun. Thank you, honey. I don't think it's funny yet, but it's, it's what I'm working on. We suck. Americans suck. And we're fat, stupid people that can't get around our huge houses. Yay. Let me fill my huge house with stuff. There's a, like you could fill, you could like empty your house. You could just fill it with Syrian refugees. That'd be great. You have 40 people living in there and they might actually start a cottage business of like making more people and you could sell them as slaves again. Are we bringing slavery back to the United States? Maybe. What I'm saying is, no, I don't, I don't know anything. Okay, yay! Thank you. Bye. Yay! Hey, Benjamin, folks, this is wonderful. We got some comments going on right now, and uh, here's Matthew. Uh, yeah, two things. First of all, you should make that how you're. You know, no, I'm pro-life because I'm saving my friend's life. Right. You know, and uh, and also, uh, you know, another like diseases that like America makes. We're so into antibiotics that we've created new, not just antibiotic resistant old stuff, but actual new diseases that never used to exist. Right. And part of it is because people, they get the sniffles. I can't be sick. They take antibiotics. They feel better. They stop it, taking antibiotics before, before the it's full over. Yeah. Cycle, yeah. And so we're, we're building a huge Darwin one feedback of my, loop. One of my buddies who took more drugs than even Zach Wiseman uh, his name was the Prophet Jeff Holmes. This, no one ever took more drugs than the Prophet Jeff Holmes. We took ketamine once and he rebirthed the universe and Kurt Payne came out. It was great. It was a burning man. Anyways, he's an amazing human being. But he died yeah. of a virulent staph infection that could not be 
countered by drugs. And so it was crazy because the guy who took more drugs than anybody got killed by something that drugs couldn't, he couldn't take drugs to cure it. And it was at general. He went, even as diseases could be. Shakespearean. Right? No, and it's like, because the prophet Jeff Holmes was like this really great guy who took tons of drugs. And then he went to, he had some colitis and he went into into general and he died in three weeks because he got a virulent staph infection that couldn't be fought by drugs. And we were all, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, he probably got that stuff at the hospital. He, he did. have it before. He did. Yeah, he yeah. got it at the hospital because they put the shunts in and then he got the virulent staph infection. It all came from general. Yeah. It all came from general. But it was, it was a bummer. He, he died too soon. But America is a shitty place. At least we can all agree on that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know how to make it funny, though, about like I wanted to make like the eyes bugging out of their heads and I wanted to make the finger thing. But I, what I'm trying to get to is like, we have diseases that are based on excess. We suck. We suck so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so a lot. It's not funny. Yeah, the excess is the medicines. The excess is the food. The ex- but also, if you want to talk about like making a devolving thing, like we evolved to make the iPhone, oh, but then right. as our finger goes away, now we're using a knuckle. We're Pretty using soon, it's going to be a hoof. Going to be using cancer fingers. Yeah. yeah, your finger falls off, and you've got a nubbing. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, it'll start. And then you look cool. Tentacle, right? Well, it would look. I mean, I guess it would be cuter because, like, the girls right now, the ten-year-olds love their iPhones, and so like, once the tip of their finger falls off, it is so cute. Have you seen Becky without her? The beginning of her index. She is a real blogger because she doesn't have the tip of her index finger, right? Oh my God! Press on third knuckles. That's funny. That's that. That's thank you, Zach. That's very funny. Okay, cool. All right. Awesome. Yes, we got it going. Here's the uh, joke workshop. Fuck yeah, man. I'll uh, I'll finish it from up here. Thank you guys for being here tonight. This was really fun. And thanks for sticking around for everybody's jokes and being super cool. Uh, The next, we have five open mics a week here at Mutiny Radio. So there's one tomorrow night from 8 to 10. Six at open mic. And uh, Wednesday, 8 to 10 with uh, Trish and Dan, Face Oblivion. Then Friday... Uh, six to eight with happy hour Pamtastics this week is uh, Hell Hat so that's going to be a lot of fun come on down for that and then Saturday from four to six we have James and Austin's cool show where everybody gets tons of time on a Saturday from four to six so come on by for all of our open mics and we'll see you guys stay tuned for FTW Forever Two Wheels it's our motorcycle show and uh, we'll see you guys soon yay bye Food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep. Yes, baby! Good!
because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. This is Tosher Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here. I'm giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. Every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S. From Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, what a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, Jankytown.org, Brooke Heineken, Pervert Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. Whoa there. What a tomato. Where did you find such a nice tomato? What a tomato? I know, I just said that. Where'd you get that fine heirloom? What a tomato. Look, man, this isn't a come on. Just tell me where you got that beautiful tomato. What a tomato. No, no, seriously. I actually want to eat a tomato. I love tomatoes. Where did you get that tomato? What a tomato. Dude, it's a fine, beautiful tomato. I want to eat one, too. I want one right now. I like to eat them like an apple with salt. Tell me, where'd you get the tomato? What a tomato. Are you high? Just tell me where I can find a tomato like that. What a tomato. 
Is this a metaphor? What a Tomato Produce Company in San Francisco. For all your wholesale produce needs, 2055 Jared Avenue. Hope your legs are looking sexy, because we're going to charm your pants off. Come to the Charm Offensive Comedy Show at Punchline San Francisco. It's a night of great jokes, magnetic personalities, featuring brought to you by Paco Romaine and Destiny's Mom's Comedy. Our last show sold out, so get your tickets now at punchlinecomedyclub.com. Charm Offensive at Punchline Comedy San Francisco. Tuesday, March 7th. See you there, sexy. the limp. I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great, because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business. It's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com
let's uh, change it up for a couple hours. Now you know what the fuck's the deal. Hope everybody's doing well. It is uh, Monday evening. Hello. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, we, uh, I'm flying solo cholo tonight. It's, uh, it was a long weekend. We all had a great time. Got to hang out with Paul this weekend, but we'll get into that later. Um, we had a tragedy out in Oakland, so there's a big vigil going on out there, and Bill's, uh, Bill's paying his respects. He's doing his thing. So, you get to listen to me tonight. I did get to go on the dirt bag this weekend, so I'm a little beat, as was Paul. So he uh, he needs sleep. <laughs> He's been pushing his body pretty hard for the last couple months, so it's uh, time to take a break, I think, for him. Hopefully, he'll be, he should be back next week. He was excited about coming in next week. He's just, yeah, he, he's done for today. So it was a great weekend. We had the dirt bag this weekend. What a great ride. Uh, I highly recommend, if you're going to go on this ride, to bring dirt tires. <laughs> um, I, got a, I took my bike... Got the Harley out there in the mud for a little bit, man. It was uh, it was interesting. It was uh, quite a ride, I'll tell you what. Uh, get the white knuckles going in the. Uh, it's exciting, man. It's super exciting. So yeah, that was that was a great time. I don't feel like I deserve to be there, and I was honored to be invited. That was a fantastic ride. Great group of guys. Um, but we'll talk more about that later. I want to get into some music. Um, I do want to thank Seth and Aaron from the Creeps for those burnouts, man. Those guys were sick. So I thought I'd throw some music their way. Talk to you in a minute.
Look at my eyes 
Hey, what's happening? So that was the Stooges, Mexican guy. Song before that was uh, Slipknot, Wait and Bleed. And then uh, the Twats played Sanity Bomb before that, who I, which I dedicated to my, uh, my buddies. Those were insane burnouts. <laughs> so that was a wild party. It was a long weekend. It started, for me, it started with memorial service on a Friday. Say goodbye to a good friend. It was, uh, it was actually a, a really good crowd. It was, it, was, it was a big deal. It was cool. So, peace, Ernie. Good people. Um, so then I got the call about going to the, <laughs> going on the dirt bag, which, uh, I was, it surprised me. So, and not only that, I, uh, I needed a bike with rear pegs, which you know, the one I have, I got two bikes. So the Harley has the rear pegs and it was Paul. He said, uh, yeah, you want to go on the dirt bag? Um, but can you carry a girl on back? That's going to photograph the whole event. She's, uh, I heard she may be the official photographer of the dirt bag challenge. So she, uh, so yeah, we met on Saturday morning. Actually, I met everybody except for Paul on Saturday morning for the first time. And, uh, we left, uh, Bayview around, around 11 a.m. And, uh, it was a wild crowd. I have to, I have to give props to everybody. They were just, they were just a solid crowd. This young lady was hanging off the back of my bike. She was, she, she was solid. She was, everybody was solid. It was just a good, good crowd. But yeah, it was, uh, it was super impressive. And I feel like I accomplished something. It was, you know, even though I didn't build a bike to take on it, it's, it was, uh, it was an event. So we uh, drove out of the city, headed north, 160 plus miles. I think almost.